Hello listeners, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Spoken. Spoken is a bit like having an English teacher in your pocket because your English teacher at Spoken will send you tasks. You'll basically do your lessons using messaging apps on your phone like WhatsApp and Viber and WeChat and Line and Facebook Messenger and more. And don't forget that Spoken are offering you a one-hour trial which means that you get like a one-hour sort of trial with the service, and that's completely free. It includes also an assessment of your English skills. And uh, if you like the service after your free one hour, you can then get 20% off the first month of any of their course packages. Or you can just go away and do something else, like eat a biscuit if you want, because there are no strings attached. You could do other things. It's not just biscuits. You could just do whatever, you know, just do something else. The point is, you get the one hour is free, and then you can choose to buy one of their courses with a 20% discount or not, right? It's cool. No strings attached. To get that uh, offer and for more information, go to getspoken.com slash LEP or click a Spoken logo on my website. All right? Nice one. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, hello, and hello to all listeners listening in all locations, in all countries and continents around the world. Welcome back to um, Luke's English Podcast. Right, that's the name of this podcast. This is part two of this double episode featuring Zdenek Lukas from the Czech Republic. Zdenek is an English teacher, a podcaster, and a board game enthusiast. In this conversation, we're learning about Zdenek's story. In part one, which you've all listened to, of course... We heard about how Zdenek learned English to a high level by working as a labourer and electrical fitter on a building site in East London with a bunch of Cockneys. All right, mate. All right, Dan. What's your name? What's your name, mate? Zdenek. Zdenek. I, I, I'll just call, I'm going to call you Dan. All right. They all called him Dan because they couldn't uh, pronounce his name. Um, anyway, in this episode, we continue the story by talking about these things. Coming back to the Czech Republic and becoming an English teacher. The challenge of doing the Delta, that is the notoriously difficult Cambridge Diploma in English Language Teaching to Adults, which is considered in the industry as the highest practical English language teaching qualification out there if you're teaching English to adults, English as a foreign language, the Delta. Uh, there's also my story of failing one of my teaching observations when I did the Delta in 2006. That's right, I did fail part of it. But don't worry, folks, I took the teaching observation again, and I passed it, by the way. So my record and my reputation remain intact. Also, we talk about teaching English when it's not your first language, the preconceptions, the challenges, and the possible advantages of that. And we talk about Zdenek's podcast, his inspiration, his reasons for doing it, what he does in his episodes, and how the podcast fits in with his teaching and his life in general. There's also a slightly embarrassing story from me about some lost comedy videos that I made in the years before I started Luke's English Podcast. And finally, we have Zdenek's interest in board games, both as a teaching tool in the ELT classroom, but also in English-speaking gaming communities online using the Steam platform. Zdenek has, in fact, created his own board game, 
which he plays online using a sort of board game simulator called Tabletop Simulator. And he also hopes to get the board game properly published in physical form in the future. So those are the things that we'll be talking about in this part of the conversation. I will now stop this introduction so you can carry on listening to me talk to Zdenek Lukas, uh, whose name I probably pronounced slightly wrong, but at least I don't call him Dan. All right, so having having spent time in the UK gave you a big edge. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then, um, so that helped you through the university degree, mm-hmm. which wasn't wasn't too much of a challenge, I suppose, compared to like, you know, working on a building site in Romford, uh, <laughs> like just going go, doing a master's degree is like, you know, fairly simple in comparison. Um, all right. Actually, actually, it was simpler. Yeah. I mean, you're more comfortable. I mean, you're in, you sort of, you're at home, you've got your books and, yeah. and, and it's not like the daily challenge of shit you know i've got to make sure i get all this right otherwise i'm gonna have to uh, they're all gonna take the piss out of me (laughs) mercilessly because that's what english lads do because i mean is it just english lads that 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 take the piss i mean in in the Uh, czech republic they don't take the piss out of each other like that i i suppose we do i suppose we do it's just a little bit different and I like it more in in England. It's it's something like you have to you have to get the grips with. You have to get used to it. Obviously, yeah. yeah. First, when when they took piss out of me, I was a bit like, Excuse I got, I got me. offended a little bit, you know, and yeah. I didn't understand everything and why they were doing this to me, even though I was trying to be nice to them. They just took the Mickey out of me on a daily basis. <laughs> but then I actually learned to love it. So first I hated it, and then I learned to love it. And I started doing it to to everyone else too. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. It's it's very nice. It's you know it's just part of part of the culture. So then making the step to becoming an English teacher then was yeah. that a big step to take? Uh, well, I don't know. The biggest step for like it felt like it was very easy really after that experience in England. Yeah. It yeah. it felt like I, I felt like I could do anything at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was such a huge achievement for me that it was. I, I don't want to say like it was really easy at the university for me. I don't know why I was doing well, and some for some reason the teachers kind of liked me too. Like some, so because there were not so many guys, that might be the reason why. You know, yeah. some of the girls, some of the girls, they said that the the um, uh, what's what's the word I, I want to use here. Uh, the the teachers during the exams they they would just ask me simpler questions and you know yeah. <laughs> even were, even like that they because were, they needed more guys in in, in English teaching. <laughs> I see. So they were slightly sort of lenient on you. Yeah, but I don't think it's true. I think uh, obviously <laughs> I think I was just working hard. And Who knows? <laughs> you know, I guess you know you had this advantage of having had this uh, very difficult and yet rewarding experience, and then you were. That was really paying off for you, and so you, yeah. you know you you were just the wind was blowing in your favor in a in a in a mm-hmm. sense, and so every, maybe some other people were looking at you going, how come it seems so easy for him? Yeah, and then they're coming up with these ideas like, yeah, it's clearly sort of some corruption in the system. 
Like they just they just want to give him in, uh, let him in because they want more men in the in the system or something. Yeah, oh, who knows? That, who knows? I was just very nice, you know. I went to every single lecture, and you know the lectures uh, they they tend to like you more mm. than during the exam if you do that. Oh yeah. And I I was active during the the seminars and all that, so I think I deserved it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, all right. So when when did you actually first step into a classroom as a teacher? Um, well, that's that's like I said, very hard to say because I was dabbling in teaching during my university studies, so it's hard to pinpoint it exactly. But um, there must have been a moment though where you had some books or oh, some papers under your arm and you were walking towards a room, <laughs> thinking, "Oh shit, this is it." I was working for a language school. And I don't know, I must have been like two years into my studies. But I don't really remember that moment at all because I had taught some private students mm-hmm. as well. So I don't, I don't really know, Luke. It kind of, it's, it's, uh, this memory is kind of blurred yeah. for me. So yeah. I, can't, yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. But obviously this is something you have to learn to do to be able to, like to, to, to become confident uh, speaking in front of others. Of course, it takes time and all that. Yeah, okay. Um, um, okay, so you, um, since then you've you've gone on to do other qualifications. You've got the CELTA, which is like the Cambridge um, yeah. certificate for teaching English to adults, mm-hmm. and your I, I think your DELTA, which is the higher diploma in English language teaching to adults, which is a very tough qualification indeed. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think you're you're like I don't know how what eighty percent through that is that right or completely through it now. Yeah, yeah, I, I still didn't do module one. Uh, wait, wait, module three, sorry. Module uh-huh. three, it's the, um, what's it called? It's like you have to write... Um, Is it the extended assignment? When yeah, I did, it's the assignment, yeah. When I did the Delta, they didn't do it like that. It wasn't organized into those modules, so it's different. We mm-hmm. had just different types of assignment. But maybe it's the extended assignment, which is where you have, uh, I think, uh, when I did it, I had a one-to-one student and you have to create a whole profile about this student, yeah. Um, including, you know, absolutely every single consideration about exactly. their about their language learning needs, and then you would provide yeah. all of the material and a whole course um, with all of the justification, all the language analysis, mm-hmm. and everything. This whole package, and it ended up being a thick yeah. pile of papers that you know, exactly. very big yeah. project involving like proper formal interviews with the student recording them referencing things they've said language analysis all that stuff um so yeah maybe that is that it is that the thing that you yeah yeah that's but i just didn't feel like going into it i i have to be honest with you i got a little bit lazy and Mm -hmm. uh just i I don't want to do it anymore (laughs) i'm like i don't really need it you know yeah like but anyway the 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 most important module is the is the teaching itself yeah and i i passed that and i did well so i i don't really think i need to to write this stupid thesis uh, <laughs> uh, uh, i should probably i probably should you know but uh, it's very it's very tough i have to say i just don't want to i just don't want to be bothered you know anymore <laughs> it's infamous the delta is infamous i mean if anyone i, don't I, know I did if, enjoy it it was yeah. it was very intense yeah, yeah, yeah. but i did in, enjoy it i i i don't want to speak badly of it yeah. but it's it can be tough because it's two week, two months mm-hmm. of um not doing anything but delta you like when you do the the interview mm-hmm. uh, with them they will even tell you you can't do anything else you can't have beer you can't have you can't go out with your girlfriend you can't do anything yeah. you just have to study 
and come here for the classes, yeah. the input sessions, as they called them. Yeah. And you have to teach lessons and sweat, basically. That's right. A lot. When I was when I did it, I was like just before I did it, I worked my way up up to it. Like a lot of my friends who also were English teachers that I'd you know met along the way, they had done it like a year before me, two years before me, and they're like, Luke, when are you going to do the Delta? You've got to do the Delta. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. And then yeah. uh, and then you know one year I was like, right, okay, I'm 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 going to do it this year. And I applied, and exactly the same as you. The in, in the interview, they were like, you know, you need to clear two months of your life completely and i was in a band at the time and you know we were quite serious and i i left the band and it was drama there was real drama it was like you know when i told the guys i was leaving it was like serious drama it was uh um, that's what it's like when you're in a band it's it's yeah yeah it's like it's like being in a relationship it really is so i you know i had to break up with the band and like uh all the other things stopped no one all the my friends who who weren't in teaching didn't understand had no idea of what i was going through which annoyed me and um (laughs) and it's uh, nothing else it's it's not the same as the university really no it's it's something completely different you get you can't really imagine it unless you you go for you do it yourself it's just just the workload and the intensity the the you know at one point um you kind of look at your timetable and you think shit i've got 10 days i've got 10 days of hell you know at Mm -hmm. its peak where it's like 10 days where you've got um uh, observations you also have uh, dates yeah. when you have to hand in assignments and it's like essays on essays on essays on yeah. lesson plans exactly. on 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 actual the stress the physical stress of of being mm-hmm. observed uh, teaching where like literally every minute or maybe even every second has to be accounted for where exactly. it's like here are the language learning aims for this minute and here are the here's the type of interaction and you know all of this stuff and ev- and if if you make one mistake if you if you you know miss out one of the little links in the chain then game over it's like a driving test in the in that That, sense yeah that is like a snowball effect actually Mm. uh a knock-on effect because i was actually used to like passing all my all my exams from the university for the reason i gave you the teachers liked me or something like that they thought i was the only male there uh, supposedly (laughs) uh but then when i failed my uh teaching practice i failed one teaching practice of delta yeah. I could afford I could afford to to fail one actually. But you have no idea how I felt when that happened. Oh, I do. And then, and then there were other oh, actually you do. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I failed one as well, yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, I okay. did. I failed my externally observed uh teaching um less, you know, my my externally my my external observation. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, you did. Yeah. The external one. The external observation is like the, oh, you know, God. the that's the, the most the important one. one. Yeah, it's the big yeah, one. Yeah, it's yeah. the most important one. Oh, and no. the, the the messed up thing, right, is that I th- I thought it was fine. I was, oh. I, I really worked on it and I was nervous. I remember like the half an hour before the lesson, I was in the teacher's mm-hmm. room and I was, I was walking around the teacher's room with this type this mini cricket bat in my hands. Cause I'd done all yeah. the work. I was ready. Yeah. I was like, I can't yeah. prepare anymore. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. walk around with this cricket bat for half an hour. And I felt good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like tapping the cricket bat in my hands, chatting to my <laughs> colleagues. And they were like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> and then I went in, I taught the lesson. Everything seemed to go. Okay. The, yeah. the, 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 the examiner from Cambridge was like this little old lady. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was teaching and, I, I I remember at one point glancing over to her and I got mm-hmm. the impression she just wasn't really, I don't know, I just felt like she wasn't really listening. And Did this throw you off? Or? No, 
No, because I was no. like, this is all right. Okay. I'm, I actually feel good. Like for the, the first time, the first observation I've done throughout this whole process where I feel comfortable. Because <laughs> all the others I was like so horribly oh, nervous and God. so mm. nervous that like physically yeah. just so uncomfortable and sweaty yeah. and like and a ball in my stomach and like mm-hmm. a frog in my, mm-hmm. not a frog in my throat, like a dry mouth and all that stuff. And this one I was like, I'm okay. I'm, a, I'm the cricket bat guy. I'm all right. And um. <laughs> And so, and she didn't seem mm-hmm. that like to care, you know. And yeah. uh, whereas other observations, with the, I was observed by our our tutors. Yeah. And uh, one in particular, one tutor in particular, w- could be very harsh and very strict. Mm-hmm. She was very tough, mm-hmm. and she's famous for it or infamous for it. That that uh, yeah. you you look over at her during your observation, and she will look at you with this. It's very frightening expression on her face. Like, what the hell do you think you're doing? You know, that's the general uh, vibe that she gives you. And I remember, Uh I remember one of the observations where she was observing me. I was like, some of the students hadn't come back to the class. They were a bit late coming back. So I was just kind of going, oh, it's okay. We'll just wait for the others to come back. And this is like two minutes into the time when my lesson should have begun based on my timetable that she had, you know, in her hands. I was like, it's all right. We'll just wait a couple of minutes for the others. And I glanced over at her as if to sort of say, you know, it's all right. We'll just, you know, just wait for everyone to come in. Yeah. And she looked at me like, what are you doing? Were you going to break the yeah. English language? You know, and I was like, oh, God. And um, yeah. it was just horrible. But the, this one, yeah. everything seemed to go okay. But then the results came in months later and I was, I'd got a job. I'd got like a, a good job at a good school uh-huh. off the back of the fact that, you know, I, I was probably going to pass the Delta mm-hmm. and stuff so that mm-hmm. I got this job in the summer. Yeah. And uh, along with a few other people who had done the course with me. And so we're all the, the Delta gang, you know, <laughs> the A-team. And uh, so our boss came in with the results. And, he, and mm-hmm. um, actually, I was teaching. That was it. I was teaching in my class uh, and he knocked on the door. I see. Uh, no, it was break time. That's it. It was break time. So we had break, went downstairs. We're all in the teacher's room. The boss comes in and he's like, I've got the results in my hand like this. And, uh, and then he took me to one side. He was like, Luke, um, I'm afraid to say very bad news. I'm like, what is it? Has my dog died? No, you've just, uh, I'm afraid you've failed the external observation. And I was like, you know, I, I went white as a sheet, you know, yeah, that's, the, all the that's blood, a terrible feeling, isn't it? Yeah. The blood drained yeah, out my happens. face and I had to go back in and teach my class. And I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd come out all kind of feeling good, like good teacher, confident. I, I, I went back in like, uh, deflated like a broken man yeah. with this white face yeah, and yeah. they were all like are you okay you know what's the matter and I was like I've failed a I've failed a thing in my thing I've failed something and uh, I remember one of them at the end of the class even came up to me this guy came up to me and he's like Luke you're a good teacher you're a good teacher it's gonna be okay I was <laughs> like assuringly yeah. yeah and I was like looking up at him really you know <laughs> it's not gonna change anything at the, at the point like the no. What method was that they they failed you? Yeah, um, I, I, t- I retook. I, I retook it. I had. To, I, I, yeah. I went back into Mordor and, so and retook the thing. Yeah, and I know. I, I, I know passed it. Mean. I had some friends or classmates who, uh, to whom this happened as well. Mm. So I was actually fortunate to pass that external external observation. Uh, although I thought I did fantastically well, just as you. Yeah. I I only passed it. I thought I would get a merit or something. Yeah. But yeah, 
Anyway, when 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 you were describing your experience of mm. of um, your boss tell, uh, uh, coming into your classroom and telling you what happened, it, guess what it reminded me of? Your experience of the same thing? No, no, no. I don't know what. No, my favorite episode of Luke's English podcast, Luke. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know the, what that is? Yeah, the pink gorilla story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, what happens in that episode there? Uh, well, your your boss uh, comes comes um, into your classroom and fires you for a different reason, for for uh, telling your students to shut up and um, uh, using um, Raymond Murphy's English grammar in use. Yeah. Um, just telling your students to do an exercise instead of teaching communicatively or something like that. I had a bunch of like Italian American mafia guys in my class. I think I remember, exactly. and they, exactly. they all they all took my side, and they're like, "Hey, do you want me to?" They, I think they offered to to kill him, right? Uh, I, I didn't. They they should have done in the story. I think right? that 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 should be a spin off. I think so. Big's gorilla story. Maybe you need to revisit those Italian yeah. mafia guys and uh, absolutely could do like a spin off series where they where they're involved in trying to kill my former boss and it's like a gangster sto- yeah. story um uh, okay so we, we've been sidetracked we got sidetracked a little bit here um i was going to ask you about sort of uh, challenges um to being a teacher who has english as their non-native language well the thing is um, i don't think there are any challenges here in my country because there are so many of my colleagues who are ex- in exactly the same position mm-hmm. uh so i suppose it's rather normal because you get you get qualified for it at the university, you know. So they prepare you for it, and obviously there are challenges to being uh, a young beginning teacher, mm-hmm. just like in any other job. But I wouldn't say there there are any challenges in particular because you are a non-native English teacher because you learn the language to a, a, a good level, which is uh, ideally at least C1. Uh-huh. Everybody should be C1 to start teaching, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I don't think so, but I actually ended up teaching at this school in Podjebrady. I say ended up, but I'm actually quite happy to be here. Yeah, uh, which is uh, it's called Institute for Language and Preparatory Studies, Charles University. It, it sounds very fancy, but essentially it's it's like a school affiliated with Charles University, where we teach foreigners, we prepare them for entrance exams at universities. Yep. So they would be around the age of 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's so cool about it, and what I've always lo- loved about this, is that they are foreigners. So mm. everything is in English. Like, I, even if I teach Czech students, of course I teach in English, but there's this sense, there's this weird sense that I'm teaching uh, my countrymen uh, uh, a different language, even though we speak the same language, some some sort of weirdness around, like yeah. weird aura about it. I don't, I can't explain it. Yeah. Whereas here at this school, it's all like kind of natural, you know, because we use the the, the language is the only means we can really use to communicate, and this very very cool to be able to teach students from all over from all around the world. So sorry, let me just ask why um, why the students from all over the world come to the uh, to the university, the institute? Um, well, because Charles University and universities in the Czech Republic have quite quite a good reputation. You yeah. know, they're quite reputable. So we yeah. will get a lot of students from the Middle East, a lot of Russian-speaking students, mm. not just from Russia, but from uh, places like Kazakhstan, Moldova, or Ukraine, you know, all over the place. And we, we occasionally get some 
students from other places as well, like Sweden, or uh, we get some uh, students from the Balkans. Mm. Or this year, I'm, I actually teach two native speakers, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I don't even know how, how that is even possible, but yes. <laughs> Where are they from? Uh, I've got one American girl and one British guy. Yeah, I've been, in, I've been in that situation too. It's very ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of funny and it's kind of cool in a way because, uh, you can, it, it yeah. is cool, but it's, yeah, I, I manage, I think I'm, I think I'm doing all right. Yeah. And I, we just, we just have to kind of establish where we are. Like I, I use them. That sounds horrible. Um, you use them. They help. No, no, I don't use them. They help me out with certain things, you know, yeah. I, um, sometimes ask them because obviously native speakers, they have a better feel for the language. Mm-hmm. Although, like the thing, the, the the difference between a native and non-native speaker is that the, the the native speakers know how, but they they don't know why. Yeah. So I, I am there to explain why, mm. and mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's it's, good. It's been a lot of fun. Some people will come to a language school to learn English, yep. and they have this requirement, which mm-hmm. is that I will only learn from a native English speaking teacher you know i I can only have a native speaker as a teacher you you know you meet some students who have this attitude right have Uh, you have you met anybody yeah i have yeah in my time uh, um, as an english teacher i have encountered students who've come to schools and who have you know prioritized having a native english speaker as a teacher Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's like a priority for them, even if you know the the, the maybe the teacher that they've got is not a, a, uh, was not born in the UK, mm-hmm. um, and like let's say the teacher they've got is not born in the UK, but um, is an excellent teacher with the diploma, with the master's degree, with yeah. the, all the experience and stuff like that. The first impression, perhaps, of a student like this would be like, eh, but I need a native speaker. Right now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I, you know, I agree with it. I don't because, you know, I just, I just don't. But I, um, have you ever faced that sort of? Well, to be honest, to be honest, I haven't because the students never respond to me like that. Good. But it could happen. It could happen when I'm looking for a job. That's that's where the discrimination is kind of uh, palpable. So I'm I'm looking for a job, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sure like I get turned down countless times because of uh, my native language. And that's what I'm not so happy about. But when it comes to act, to the students uh, proper, well, they're they're amazing. They just I suppose it's because I enjoy this job. You know, yeah. like I I um, I'm very enthusiastic when I teach. Mm-hmm. So I just show them that uh, they <laughs> you know they they have a teacher they can um, learn from and um, enjoy mm. that while while learning. <laughs> Yeah, this is so what important. am I trying to say here? I have no, no idea. I, but... No, we all understand. We understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I think it's so important, isn't it? Just that the, the teacher is involved and enthusiastic uh, mm-hmm. in what they do. And it sounds like what, what sounds what's cool for me about what you do is that you you have that level of enthusiasm for learning uh, and for teaching, yeah. which is Absolutely. really brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that must serve you in quite good stead. Um, it does. That yeah. Combination. Yeah, because but, because it's just so important for me to 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 achieve high level of proficiency yeah. in the in the language. I, I, I'll just um, 
uh, what's the what's the phrase? The ground would swallow me. Is that is that a phrase? Well, yeah, it, we say that that you want the ground to swallow swallow yeah. you up when you feel really ashamed. Yeah, I would feel ashamed and embarrassed if if my English level was low and if my students made fun of me because of my pronunciation or yeah, uh, you know. So so it's it's obviously obviously there are challenges there. Are, um, I'm not at the same level as a native speaker. That's understandable. Like I'm not as fluent as a native speaker, let's say. And I, sometimes I, I, I look for the words, for the right words. Uh-huh. Obviously, the, the huge challenge is, uh, is for everyone, the idioms and, and phrasal verbs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All that. Yeah. But yeah, I think overall it's, it's, it's all right. But everyone searches uh, for words. I search for words in, in English. Uh, I know. All but the time. Like, you know, your range of vocabulary is much, much um, larger than mine, obviously. Yeah. And and also, like, we, we can divide it into active vocabulary and passive vocabulary. So mm. while I would understand, like, from from the conversation we have had so far yeah. today, I understood every single thing, apart from some cultural references, maybe. Yeah. But every single word you, you've said, I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Passively. Yeah. But how how many of these words would I actually say? It, the, the number would be much lower, obviously. Mm. So that's that's the difference as well. Do you know? I mean, like, um, uh, what? How do we raise the number of words, or how do we broaden our active vocabulary or grammar? Well, do you think the, about that? Well, obviously, obviously, you have to you have to produce a lot. Like, uh, you have to. So as a teacher, I have to work on the productive skills, mm-hmm. especially, especially speaking. So this is something I like to focus on a lot, actually. Yeah. And um, then it's up to, up to every every single student, really. Like, as you have said many times on this podcast, the, the responsibility rests kind of on their shoulders, doesn't it? It does. Um, but, of course, we can ask the, the, the English teachers, we can make sure we prepare the activity in such a way that uh, they have enough opportunities to practice and you know, often what happens to some teachers is that they do do a lot of theory mm-hmm. and not enough practice. Right. Even even I noticed that at, at Delta, um, they were kind of telling us off uh, for that for not giving in for not allocating enough uh, practice to students. It can happen to diploma qualified teachers uh, that they their heads are so full of the language yep. analysis. That they that that blinds them to an extent sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like you learn all this stuff and then you you have to know how to throw it away mm-hmm. as well. That kind of that kind of thing. It's like some old kung fu master's technique. <laughs> you must unlearn what you have learned, <laughs> young Jedi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, okay, and w- what are some of the reasons why maybe even having a non-native speaker as a teacher? Uh, well, uh, it's better. Why? Why could it? What I'm, are some of the strengths? I don't like this distinction, better or worse. Yeah. We are just we yeah. are just different, and I think we are good for a different reason. Like each of each each of us has their own benefits, mm. and of course uh, there are some weaknesses too. Um, but um, well, obviously, a non-native speaker has done it. They have been through the process of learning the language, so they can empathize with the students. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they know how the students feel, and you can you can even say it like that to them. I know how you feel when you're learning these um, articles because I was exactly in the in the same situation. You, I, I can even 
refer to some particular anecdotes yeah. when I, I got something wrong because of, of, of learning the language. And it's it's it strikes a chord with them, you know. Mm. And that's 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 cool. Um, what else? The, the problem with some of the native speaker teachers is that and I know it's not you, Luke, but mm-hmm. some of some of the native speakers are not well qualified to do the job mm-hmm. because they, 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 they think that after taking CELTA, which is like one one month course, mm-hmm. it's like half half baked course, uh, you, can, you can be good at teaching. Well, mm-hmm. you know, like it requires years of experience and, and, and you should really uh, be more educated than this. Yes. Um, so sometimes it's unfair that these teachers get hired over really good non-native teachers. You know, and, yeah. and, and they don't even like bother bother finding out what these teachers can do, and that's that's unfair. Yeah, and even the teachers but, themselves don't even realise what they lack. They yeah, think, I've done a I've done a like yeah. A, yeah. A, a this quick course, and mm-hmm. it's my language, and yeah, that can be kind of a dangerous combination, kind of like the uh, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience yeah. can be a slightly dangerous thing. It's where mm-hmm. teachers can can start. To, um, believing that they're better than they actually are. But obviously, there are a lot of great native speaker teachers. I, I hope it doesn't sound yeah. as if I'm saying. No, no, I'm just trying to explain worry. that. Yeah, I'm just trying to say that it's it's more complex than like being being a good teacher. It's more complex than just saying uh, you have you are an, a native speaker and that's what what makes you good. It's just it's just not true. Yeah. And I I actually thought this as well. You know. Mm. I thought this as well until I went to Celta and Delta and I could see some of the native speakers there mm. and I could see how, how they struggled with some of the classes. And I, okay, it was a different kind of struggle than me because th- their language is like C2, you know, they are native. So yeah. uh, they struggled with the, the class classroom management or, or with, uh, expl- uh, clarifying the language or something like that. Yeah. So what what I would like to say is like we I think we complement each other very well. Yes. Yes, and I think so. Yeah. There's room for diverse teaching skills and and teachers who come from different experiences. But mm-hmm. um, certainly, yeah, I can imagine as a non-native um, speaker having learnt the language, you, you know, you've plotted a path through that particular forest, mm-hmm. and so you can kind of take the learners by the hand and go look here's how we navigate through this whole thing because i've done (laughs) it before i've been there done that and got the t-shirt yeah exactly um yeah that's really cool and so well i think there's two more things for us to talk about (laughs) we've been going for uh, quite a long time but i mean you know we can just keep going that's Mm -hmm. fine that's the, the the joy of podcasting yeah. Um, there, there is no, there is no weather report or news break that we have to go to. Um, yeah. you know, we don't have to, to, to stop the program at any point. We can just keep going. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, so when did you start doing your podcast? Okay. So that was actually, actually next April, it will have been six years since I started doing, uh, the next English podcast. All right. Six years in April. All right. Yeah, I think so. And so what, what kind of moved you to start doing that? Uh, well, obviously, you were my primary inspiration, as I have said many times on my podcast. And we, <laughs> I, I'm sure we've talked about it when you came onto my own podcast. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And um, so do you know even how I discovered your podcast? Um, I think you were Googling like uh, vocabulary for feeling ill or something exactly. like that. Exactly, yeah, to teach my class. 
Uh-huh. And then and then I thought, oh, this is actually quite interesting. I, I might as well start listening to this myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and then I after one month, I was like, oh, damn it, I need to do something like this too. I had always been like this, Luke. I had always wanted yeah. to create things. And this was not this is not my first podcast that I have attempted. Yeah. I know. There had been one which was like a parody. It was scripted, not not successful at all. Uh, but this, yeah, what I liked about this is that I I was killing, I was ticking a lot of boxes, killing more birds with one stone. I basically it was a lot of good speaking practice for me, mm-hmm. as well as as well as like um, sort of um, satiating the need. Is that an yeah, expression? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For for doing something creative, which is something I always wanted to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what, before you started doing the next English podcast, yeah, you mentioned the other projects. Was it called the Heads or something? Uh, no, no, no. The Heads is one of the first uh, one of the first episodes of uh, really weird episode, by the way, uh, of the next English podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, but the other thing you did, I I think I remember you telling me that you were influenced quite a lot by the Ricky Gervais podcast. Was well, I? Well, yeah, you mentioned before that you, okay. you, you, it, there was something to do with Carl Pilkington. <laughs> oh, oh, I see, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think you'd probably listen to the Ricky uh, Gervais podcast with Carl Pilkington. Basically, basically, <laughs> what I did was that uh, there is a famous video in the Czech Republic yeah. that's that has been circulating on the internet for a long time. It's it's a con- cross country skier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called. It's an interview with him after a race. Okay. And he, he's really good. I, I'm not sure if he might have retired already. But at the time, he was really good cross-country skill, like winning races and and stuff like that. And he gave an interview in English, but it was so hilarious. Like, he was basically <laughs> mixing up English, German, and Czech. And it became so it, – it, it went viral immediately. Yeah. And like everybody makes fun of this, he he, it was just so much fun. Yeah. Um, and so I did parody to that. Like, right. This was one of the things I did on that podcast. I see. But it was all scripted, like, and I was even like changing voices, and it was like really bad quality. And I, now when I listen to it, I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe I even published that. <laughs> Well, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, before I did Luke's English podcast, I was doing other things too online, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, some 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 things were not bad, but then some things I've since looked at and gone, oh my god, what was I trying to do? Like, uh, I did, oh my god, I've just there's one thing I I've <laughs> I've got to tell you about. It's just something I've got to get off my chest. So I did this. I came up with this sketch idea, which was mm-hmm. uh, called. Uh, it was like I was this character in a in a forest like a survivalist mm-hmm. it's not a very original idea but i you love watching those shows on tv where it's like a guy in the forest and he's like got all these survival skills and he teaches yeah. you how to light a fire and stuff like that and how to you know do those things uh-huh. so i came up with this idea of that i would be the survivalist instructor but i was terrible um it's not a very uh, sophisticated idea but you know, I, th- I came up with the, these ideas like okay we'll do one where i'm trying to light a fire we'll do one where i'm trying to catch a badger and you know all these sorts of stupid things and so i got i persuaded my brother we went to my parents house one weekend and they had like a garden with like a bit of like a not really uh for woodland and trees and stuff at the bottom of the garden and we filmed this stuff down there and it was it, it got really crazy and weird there was one i decided that one one of the sketches should be where i've 
where I'm talking about edible mushrooms that you can eat, that you can find. And, and, uh, and there's like one mushroom, which is like, this is the edible mushroom. It's, you know, a really good source of protein. But this mushroom here, you must never eat because it will, it'll give you terrible hallucinations. They're poisonous. And so I'm, you know, I'm talking about. I've since lost these videos, which I'm annoyed by. But I'm you talking, should re-record them definitely. Oh, damn. sounds like sounds like fun. Yeah, and so I was sort of doing this thing where it's like I'm showing the camera. So this is the the, the good mushroom. This one's the poisonous one. And then I was like, so anyway, what we're we going to do now? And I kind of put them in my hands. And then I, and at the end of the scene, I'm like, right, so let's move on. And I'll, I'll think I'll eat this mushroom. And I pop it in my mouth, and um, and I've put the wrong one in my mouth. And I kind of go to the camera. Oh, you know, I've eaten it. And I'm like, oh, oh God, I think I ate the, oh God, I ate the wrong mushroom. And then I'm acting like, oh, oh God. All right. It should be okay. And then, it, you know, edit. And then it's like a, a couple of hours later and I'm trying to continue doing it. And I'm, I'm clearly effect, hallucinating because of this mushroom I've eaten. Oh my and I'm God. there and I'm, it's all going wrong. And, um, and like I included sound effects and, and it all went, it went weird. And like, I was all getting freaked out by spiders. Like, oh, there are spiders everywhere and this kind of thing. And at one point I jump into a pond and then, so we had this, like this, this pond, which was more like a sort of a bog at the, the bottom yeah. of the garden, like where the, all uh-huh. the water drained off the nearby field into like a, this little muddy yeah. thing in the bottom of the garden. So I jump into that. Because I thought this is going to be hilarious, you know, because I'll, I'll, I'm losing my mind. I'll jump into the bog and then I'll turn into like this sort of feral animal that's like throwing mud at the camera. And, you know, like I've gone yeah. wild, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I filmed all of this. And I was like really like uh, really throwing myself into the role like Robert De Niro would or something. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I, you know, at one point I stri- I've got my shirt off and I'm, I'm covered in mud in this, in this thing. And, and then like, um, I, at one point I like climb out and I just run across a field and just run off into the distance. Right. And that's the end of the video. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I, I, I put it up on YouTube and stuff and it, there was like a series of them of these like stupid comedy clips. Like no one watched them. I don't know. Cause you, yeah. I, I don't know how YouTube works really. <laughs> Since then I have uploaded videos that have done quite well, but I mean, it's very hard to know how to make a vi- video go viral. Yeah. So, and I, and every now and then, and I was quite proud of them, but also in the back of my head was this feeling of like, oh, I don't know if it's funny or if it's really yeah. just weird. And one day Oh God! And I always used to do this. So I, uh, I would, I was a teacher at the time before being a podcaster, and mm-hmm. I had a class of of students. And I was teaching them for a week and stuff. And at the end of courses, often I would show them videos, and it would be like I yeah. always thought it would be great, and it would always be pretty awful because they just wouldn't understand it, and I'd feel mm-hmm. terrible. And yeah. this time I was like. I'm going to show them my, my my comedy video and that'll be okay. fun because, you know, we'd okay. had some fun in the class and I thought, yeah, they might find yeah, this funny. Yeah. They seem like they're pretty cool students. Yeah. So I played them this and then like there's me like, you know, in a, in a pond covered in mud and then running across a field and I look over at the class and they're all just looking at it, not laughing. No one's laughing. <laughs> and, 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 you know, clearly like they thought I was this sort of professional English teacher and all this stuff. And then there's me like, you know, act, throwing mud at a camera and, oh, okay. and, and, you know, and I, and, and after like maybe weeks or months later, 
I was probably mm-hmm. in bed trying to sleep and I remembered and I was like, oh shit, I've sh- oh my God, I showed them that video. Oh God, why? Why did I do that? Yeah. You know. I see, I uh, see. And so then you ended up deleting them as well. No, I just, uh, one day I was, um, I, I, I had my hard drive plugged into my computer and I was leaving to go out mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that the cable was wrapped around my leg and I stood up and the whole hard drive jumped off the table oh, and no. slammed on the ground. No and way. I lost everything, including all the videos that I'd made and stuff. I but was but didn't you upload it on the on YouTube? Oh, no, I did delete it from YouTube. Yeah, I did. Ah, I see. Yeah, I, see. I had deleted it from YouTube, so I didn't have a, a digital copy online. Right. I, it was it was just in the hard drive, and it's now gone <laughs> gone forever, which is probably good, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, some people liked it, but. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was more crazy and weird than anything else. So, yeah, you know, I, I also did strange yeah. projects before starting exactly, the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> has, has, so has the podcast, uh, well, what's the, what's the best thing about doing it for you? Well, it's not always fun. Sometimes it's a struggle as well. I, I suppose the best thing about doing this is that I've managed to get an audience mm. And they always listen to every single episode. It's just very rewarding if you if you can see those uh, those downloads and you know mm. it's it's I guess the knowing when you record knowing that there is someone listening to this and also like the the platform I'm basically sort of went for the same style as you in a way that I do a lot of different things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool to be to be able to be so flexible and to record episodes with your friends and students and native speakers, non-native speakers, you name it. So it's, I don't know. It's not, it's, I can't, I I suppose I can't describe it in just one sentence. Mm. What like the one thing that's the, that is the coolest about it. Yeah. It's just cool to have a podcast, you know? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And to be recording it for so long as well. Yeah. Like I wasn't that proud of it when I, when, when I was uh, first few years into it, Mm-hmm. You know, but these days I kind of, I kind of, I'm like, yeah, you know, I've, I've come a long way with the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. well, you know, sometimes all you need to do is just keep going. And eventually the fact exactly. that you've been doing it for a long time and you've got lots of episodes under your belt, that yeah. is, that is reason enough to be, to be proud yeah. and to feel good about it. Sometimes confidence, exactly. confidence mm-hmm. is just something that builds over time, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the episodes where you actually talk to your students. That's very, that's very interesting. I, I I know you you always tell me this. Yeah, like um, um, you'll meet. Why is that? Why uh, is that? I don't know. I just find it interesting to hear you. It, it's quite a nice. There's quite a nice atmosphere when mm-hmm. when it's you and your students because the, you get the sense that you, you can hear there's a good relationship. You know, you've got a good uh, rapport with the <laughs> student, and that you are, in a sense. I guess you're you're encouraging the student to talk yeah. and and you're listening and mm-hmm. you're correcting their English a little bit sometimes and things like that but it's yeah. it's also just I don't know really I can't explain it it's, there's just something quite pleasant about listening to you helping this person and also discovering the person's um story and I'm not sure I'm not sure if it exactly follows the syllabus no. And if, 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 if an inspector came, uh, I, I might be like fired from my job or something, but yeah. I don't know. I think you could, ju- <laughs> I think you could find ways to justify it, but yeah, there are, there are, I mean, you know, yeah, you're sometimes you do the recordings during class time 
um, when there are exceptional circumstances. Yeah, when there, it's exceptional circumstances, yeah. right? For example, mm-hmm. the, the most recent one, there was this girl from Chile. And yeah. she, Barbara. Yep. Barbara, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I think you had a class lined up, but all the other students were absent that day. <laughs> yeah. So I guess exactly. she seemed to be totally fine with doing the recording. Yeah. And uh, I think it was it was actually very good loads of speaking practice for her and, and all the things you were talking about were quite interesting from this in the sense that you know she, you were encouraging her to reflect on her languages and her language learning and her, her whole, and, you know uh, yeah and it's more than that look because then you have people who actually listen to this so it's like again a case of killing a lot of birds with one stone i don't birds, know why i use this expression so so much but yeah a lot, um, a lot of dead birds today and as, yeah, sorry about that, That's listeners. Right. And, and as, as well as this, it's actually very cool homework for the student. Ah. Because um, they can listen back to it. They can do a bit of self-correction. Uh-huh. And we know, we all know from clever books that if a, a student is able to correct themselves, yeah. then the chances are uh, it's actually a very effective way of... Um, uh, realizing your own mistakes and 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 um, fixing fixing the problems mm. and it's actually more effective than if, if the teacher uh, tells you what's wrong mm. with your language so that's that's what I think is very cool about it as well has it helped you with your English or with your career I am sure it's it has helped me yeah but it, it has definitely helped me. I'm, I'm not sure what the connection is, but there is definitely some sort of connection. Yeah, there is the connection that because of you, of your Luke's English podcast, I started my podcast. And because of that, I, I found out about Delta and Celta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's all It all sort of falls into, uh, what's the phrase? Falls into pieces? It falls into place. Falls into place, yes. Yeah. Um, so I found out about Celta, Delta, and then I started thinking about doing it and eventually I got round to doing it and then I also got a job uh, at a summer school in in London so it's 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 uh, off off doing the delta because otherwise I wouldn't be able to with just my uh ironically with my um most important qualification with the with the degree with the master's degree I wouldn't be able to teach in England I think or anywhere in the world they just they just um acknowledge uh, Celta and Delta, it's just more recognized than higher education. Yeah. yeah. So it, it really helped me get, get a in, very interesting job, summer, summer school job. And I went there my second time this summer. And yeah, it's That's definitely really been great for well, yeah. my career. Yeah. Been really great for your career. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, I need to talk to you about board games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another thing that I feel we have to deal with. But I can talk about this for hours. I'm sure so. you can. <laughs> you have to ask the right questions. Okay. Right. So you are an advocate for using board games in the English language uh, classroom. Is that right? I suppose I became one. Yeah. I mean, it was all natural process, to be honest with you. It didn't happen overnight. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah. So um, let's see. And you also like to get together with friends and play board games. Absolutely, and you do and that. I also, yeah, yeah. 
Go Sorry, on. go on. I was going to say, and you 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 do that uh, like offline. You do that like in you know in in, in your uh, in your house, right? You have your uh, your mates over and you sit around the table, or you do it in yeah. in other places yeah. like that. Yeah. But, well, mostly in other places. In my house, it it only happens. Um, it's only occasional, really, mm-hmm. you know, usually in summer. Yeah. But um, I also run a board game meetup club. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically is um, it's sort of a perk that I have at my at my school because um, they, like everybody at my school knows that I'm into board games and I'm crazy about it and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, so they sort of let me run this club there. Yeah. Um, okay. Where stu- all the students can come and play the board games. That's cool. Um, yep. And also online. Yeah. Well, that's because um, I have been working on my own game. So I'm designing uh, a board game, basically. And um, I have discovered a platform which helps me do that. And it's it's basically a a computer game on Steam. I don't know if you're familiar with Steam. It's like a platform where you can play all sorts of games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Yeah, and uh, there's a game called Tabletop Simulator. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, imagine a virtual table. Okay. And uh, so people, like um, everybody who wants to play, uh, you just join that table and you play with random people people from all around the world. Uh-huh. And you sit at the table, pick a color and um, pick a game you want to play okay, and so play the game. So you, you can have all, there are basically any game, there is basically any game you can imagine. Right. Uh, ranging from... Uh, some really basic games like Monopoly, Carcassonne, uh, all the way to very, very complex games like Eldritch Horror or something like that. Uh, so all games are there, pretty much. Okay. And also, on top of that, uh, people can do their own mods there. Mm. So I started doing my game about three years ago and kind of kind of caught on. Like It's a little bit hard to conv- to, first of all, convince people to even take a look at your game because you're up against games that everybody knows you know yeah so you're like in the in the in that chat you're like okay does anybody want to play the game i have created and what do you what do you say about it it's really good you guys want to see it or what do you say you know yeah yeah (laughs) how do you convince people to try out your game but anyway i somehow managed to find to make sort of a community Mm. out of players who play my game so it is extremely cool and it's also cool uh, it's cool for for all sorts of reasons. One of them is that again, I'm practicing my own English with natives, often native speakers or non-native speakers who who reached a very very high level. For example, there are a lot of Dutch in my community. Oh yeah. And as we as we know, Dutch are extremely good at English. Yeah. So you can imagine C C twos, you know. Yes. Yes. Easily. Yes. So it's super cool that I get to play this game with um, a lot a lot of different people and. And, and, and the idea is that one day I hopefully will be able to launch a Kickstarter campaign yeah. where, where I will ask people basically for money if they like the game and want to buy it. Uh, but we need to see like how many, how many people would do that first. You're, so. t- you're talking about launching a Kickstarter in order to actually make a, a hard copy of the game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because obviously I have a print and play version at home, but we need, we need uh, uh, the game to be produced. We need to uh, the, the, the talk, all the tokens, dice and pieces have to be made, right? Yeah. And cards. Yeah. 
Um, but also, I'm not I'm not really good at drawing, or I'm definitely this is my weakness. I'm not an artist, mm. so it's all just temporary there. But now I have managed to team up with team up with an American guy who is actually helping me out with the game. He's drawing all the pictures and oh, doing all the art. So that's I'm cool. remaining hopeful that it gets published one day. That's brilliant. Can you tell us anything about the game? Like, what kind of game is it? Um, it's definitely not for everyone because it's it's maybe more complex than it should be. I don't know. It's a social deduction game. Uh-huh. So I don't know if, if your listeners or you are familiar with any of these games, but basically there's a famous game called Mafia. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you heard about Mafia? I've, I've heard about it. I've yeah, I've heard. Uh, let uh, some of my listeners, when they have meetups, mm-hmm. play this game. You obviously you, but also yeah. some of the other Lepsters, for example, in Moscow, St. Petersburg, yep. Moscow and St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. I should say because uh, they obviously are two different places. You should put a word in between to show that it's not just Moscow, St. <laughs> Petersburg, like this single concept. In my head. Um, uh, I think they've played it together as well. Um, so I've heard of it. I've never played it, though. So, what, so what's the basic concept there? So basically, the basic concept is there are some... So at the start of the game, you get a role, and you're either a good guy or a bad guy. And the bad guys are uh, have to lie and pretend to be the good guys. Uh-huh. And every night, they kill a good guy. And the good guys are trying to figure out who are the bad guys. <laughs> and so even though some of the good guys are the bad guys <laughs> yes exactly so it's like about it's a game about lying bluffing uh reading uh, reading people and being able to to make the right decision it's really hilarious mm. but w- my point is that a lot of games a lot of modern board games ha- are based actually on this concept mm. so you've got game, games like secret hitler or the resistance or um uh, one night ultimate werewolf yeah uh, I'm not saying my game is like that, but it has some elements of it there because you you can also bluff your own uh, cards. So in my game, essentially, there are 10 characters and each of these characters has got a unique set of abilities. Mm. And on uh, you will start with a hand of characters and on your turn, you will take actions, uh, which these characters can do. But you can also bluff the characters so you can take actions of the characters you don't have in your hand. Okay. And if someone thinks that you're lying, they can call you out on, on your bluff. They can challenge you. And if they are right, you lose a, you lose a character. If they are right, they lose a character Ooh. and so on. Ooh. But that would sound very simple. But I made this more com- complex because I added like items you can buy, like weapons, uh, shields, magic books, potions. Ooh. And these items help you in the game in a certain way. Also, you can like complete quests. So nice. Um, it's it's complex game, very um, in depth. Uh, depth. Uh, what, what am I saying here? Yeah, deep, deep, deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In depth. Yeah, that fine. Would, yeah. Um, bluffing. Uh, just uh-huh. felt like maybe we need to just deal with the word bluff, just in case anyone listening they've heard it a few times and they're like, wait a minute, what is bluff? <laughs> this is my generic student in my head. But teacher, what is bluff? I am not understand. <laughs> um so uh bluffing right it's basically kind of like pretending isn't it uh-huh yeah well basically if i if like we have been recording this podcast and and, and it looks like i'm an english teacher but i could be bluffing ah. you know i could in fact be uh, an electrician mm. or or a plumber okay. or um <laughs> i don't know 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you get the point. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like dece- yeah, I get the point. Yeah, to deceive, to de- to be deceptive, or to deceive yeah. someone. Yeah. So to pretend to be something that you're not, and it might be you like it's it's a very common word. It might be used in even in a in a game of poker, the card uh-huh. game, where someone yep. is acting like they've got a fantastic hand, mm-hmm. uh, but then you think, mm, I think he's bluffing. Like yeah. I think he's just uh, you know, and you call the person's bluff, meaning mm-hmm. you know you 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 do something in the game which shows yeah. that you think that they're bluffing, or it could be in like in a negotiation as well, where yeah. maybe you know in business negotiations, some uh, one of the sides is saying, well, I'm a, you know I'm afraid there's uh, there's nothing we can do here, we can't give you this discount because of X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and the other side are exactly. like, I think they're bluffing, I think that <laughs> that's not true, I think they're doing yeah. that just to try and get the best price from us. So bluffing, all right. So bluffing is something that's involved in these in these games. What did you call them? What kind of what genre of games did you say? Um, social deduction games. Social deduction games. Social deduction games. You're trying to figure out basically who is lying. Yeah. Uh, about what card? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So sounds good. Social deduction game, but I also have some elements of of RPG in my game because uh, as you play the game, you you sort of level up because you collect experience points for. Uh, killing other players' characters, seducing, seducing them with a princess, and being a ruling king, okay. and things like that, and completing the quests. Cool. So it's, uh, it's I have more mechanics in my game. Yeah. Obviously, if any of your listeners, Luke, mm-hmm. would like to would like to try out this game, um, I would be more than happy to sh- to show uh, to teach them the game, and uh, they could play with us. And it's, a, it's an amazing way. Uh, to to find some friends to make friends yeah yeah um with whom you can you can talk on daily basis really how how are they going to get how are they going to do this well, then, first of all they need to buy the tabletop simulator which here in europe it costs 20 dollars uh but from my russian speaking friends i know that in <laughs> russia it should be cheaper right yeah because it is for some reason it's cheaper there yeah. but often it's also on sale so you get like you get like fifty percent discount once in a while, every now and then. Where do they buy it uh, on, on Steam? Uh, on Steam, on yeah. Steam. Yeah, very simple. It's not that expensive considering how much how much you get from it. Yeah, it, it, it's not just my game we are talking about. It's any single board game you can imagine. Yeah, and yeah. because your listeners are high level high level students, we know that mm-hmm. like B two, C one, C two. Yeah. They will. They will really have a lot of fun speaking to to all sorts of people, playing games, uh, and and they will not struggle in most cases. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So they'd buy Tabletop Simulator on yeah. Steam, and yeah. then uh, they when they enter Temple Tabletop Simulator, how do they find you? it's Kingdoms of Deceit? Kingdoms of Deceit. It's in Workshop. And uh, Workshop. It's like how how would I describe it? It's like a place where people make their mods, I suppose. Okay. And uh, like every game has, like almost every game has its own workshop. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't really know if, I, if I'm saying it right, but especially this tabletop simulator because it's kind of built around this idea that uh, people can make their own games and there are different versions of, of the same game and so on. So with, let's say within tabletop simulator, there's a portal which is called workshop, and in yeah. there. There are, it's on there, Steam, actually. But every single every single player of Tabletop Simulator will be able to help you out with this as well. The community is very healthy. Yeah, you know the the the, the, the people are the people there are very supportive actually. Mm-hmm. So um, not, not much trolling going on. Not as much as you would get in, let's say, games where 
I would say that this game is not played as much by teenagers as other games. Right. You know, like yeah. nothing against teenagers, but as we know, they can get a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, over they can overreact and and yeah. and to be to be fair, sometimes they they don't speak uh, English well and so on. So it's actually a good idea for your listeners to to get this game because you will you will come across uh, bump into really interesting people here. Okay, that's that's yeah. brilliant. Um, all right. Well, hey, I think that we're going to have to finish this conversation sooner or later, maybe yeah. sooner because I'm going to have to go down <laughs> to the daycare and get my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's been really cool to catch up with you again and to finally have you on an episode of Luke's English Podcast. Um, and I guess, I don't know, as a as a long-term listener to the podcast, it's, uh, it, how does it feel to be on <laughs> Luke's English Podcast? It's like I'm over the moon, of course. It's it's a dream come true, Luke. It's like, um, how, how, how could I describe it? It's It's definitely a great honor for me to be here and to speak to you um like this and hopefully uh, the listeners uh, won't be disappointed by this episode i don't think they will be <laughs> um well hey it's just really good fun it's it's really good to talk to you and to, to hear about your story and all that stuff and i just hope that you uh get success with kingdoms of deceit and that you get that you turn you, you turn it into a real board game and that you can actually hold it in your hands one day you know all the pieces and the cards <laughs> and the tokens and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. i really that hope would that... definitely be another thing on my bucket list believe me yeah i can imagine <laughs> okay well look have a great rest of the day and um you know speak to you again soon you too luke thanks yeah. for having me okay mate no problem cheers cheers bye-bye bye-bye right so there you go ladies and gentlemen that was zdenek from the czech republic and if you'd like to play zdenek's game online then you need to download the steam platform and then buy tabletop simulator and then in the workshop area you will find Zdenek's game, which is called Kingdoms of Deceit. Right? I think that's right. But if you would like more information about this, just leave a comment on the page for this episode on my website. I expect that Zdenek will be able to help you there. Playing online games like Kingdoms of Deceit, which is Zdenek's game, can be a great idea for your English and for your social life in general, as Zdenek said. This sort of thing is a great solution to that problem of not being able to get social time in English. You've got the internet, you've got like communities that socialise and play games online, and they're all chatting to each other all the time in English. And, you know, like Zdenek lives in the Czech Republic, but he's got, he spends lots of time speaking English in these communities online i mean this is this is the future isn't it it's like we're living in the matrix now uh although i think it's a bit more fun than the matrix i mean there are more board games i don't remember any board games in the matrix do you do you ever remember neo did keanu reeves ever play a board game of course he didn't that's ridiculous isn't it luke oh oh how funny um so um yeah so check it out Uh, It could result in you making some friends online, having fun, playing some virtual board games and improving your English in the process. So, as I said, get Steam, then Tabletop Simulator, find Kingdoms of Deceit there. I'm pretty sure that's how you will find it. If you have questions, just leave a comment on the episode page and I expect Zdenek will be able to respond. Also, check out Zdenek's English podcast, which you can find on iTunes and other 
and most other podcast platforms. Zdenek, well, you know how it's how it's spelt because it's written in the title of this episode, isn't it? So I don't need to spell his name. And just typing Dan, it's not going to work. Ha ha. Okay. He also has a, a Facebook group which you can join in order to keep in touch with him and his listeners. And it's just called Zdenek's English Podcast. Now then, um, you heard me in that conversation there mention those ridiculous videos that I made with my brother before I started Luke's English Podcast. You know the ones? The ones filmed in some woodland... Some woodland... Once filmed in some woodland at the bottom of my parents' garden in which I'm a survivalist, like a survival expert who gets everything wrong, right? You heard me mention those videos. Now, I did, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, in fact, I did delete and lose almost all of those videos, but I have realised that there is still one that still exists and is still on YouTube. It's just a few minutes long and you can see it if you like, by checking the page for this episode. I watched it again um, when I remembered, and it did crack me up a bit, to be honest. It made me laugh a bit. Maybe those videos were funnier than I remembered. In the video, you'll see me pretending to be a survival expert and doing various comical pratfalls. A pratfall is when you fall over for sort of comical re- comical purposes. Um and I did a lot of pratfalls in this video, falling into hedges and actually injuring myself quite badly. I had scratches all over my arms and my body, which I had to cover up with long sleeves for a few weeks while I was teaching. And you'll see in the video that I'm wearing an old safari suit from the 1970s that my dad had in the back of his wardrobe, which looks completely ridiculous and is too tight. And at the beginning of the video, you'll see me do a comedy pratfall where I'm apparently sort of like walking out of the forest, beating a, beating a path through the forest and I fall over into the, into the hedge. And that hedge was made of holly and thorns. Uh, holly is like, well, it's like that stuff that you see at Christmas, you know, like those green spiky leaves. Um, oh, it was like holly bushes and thorns. So And I, I fell over into that hedge a me- many times because it took so many times to get that introduction right. And you can kind of see in the video that I was clearly quite frustrated at uh, getting it wrong all the time. And my brother kept laughing behind the camera, stuff like that. So there were lots of comedy pratfalls and me making an idiot of myself and injuring myself. Um, perhaps the funniest bits, in fact, are when you can hear my brother trying not to laugh behind the camera. You kind of hear him sort of cracking up a little bit behind the camera sometimes. Those are probably the funniest bits. So the the remaining video, this is the least embarrassing video, I think, which is probably why I didn't delete it. Um, Probably the most embarrassing thing about the video is my haircut, to be honest. Um, Unfortunately, the footage of me jumping into a pond, being attacked by imaginary spiders and smearing myself in mud is lost forever. Unfortunately... Um, actually, it's probably for the best. But anyway, check out the video on the page for the episode if you like. The video is called How Not to Light a Fire. Okay, then that's pretty much it for this episode. Thanks again to Zdenek for being on the podcast. All that remains uh, to be done is for me to remind you to check out my premium service 
at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium for regular episodes in which I focus on teaching you vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation. Join the mailing list on my website to uh, get an email in your inbox whenever I publish content on the website. Also, follow me on Twitter, which is where I'm most active on social media these days. My Twitter handle is at English Podcast. And that's it then. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening or night. And I'll speak to you again in another episode very soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.